0: This is another MP3 podcast from 2 nurfm at the University of Newcastle, Australia. More than 5 million Australians are concerned that drinking milk will adversely affect their health. This statement is the opening line from research recently released, but how does it affect the majority of us? To talk to me about the research and its findings is Dr Andrew Clark, Chief Scientific Officer of A2 Corporation in New Zealand. Dr Clark, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Iris. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: When did the research begin and how did it come about?
1: The research first began uh, in the late 80s when Professor Elliot uh, actually hailed from the University of Adelaide, I think from, from, from your side of the Tasman, noticed that indigenous people from the Pacific Islands, when they came to New Zealand, had a, you know, it was, experienced a higher risk to some, some conditions such as type 1 diabetes. So he started to take a look at the different uh, protein types within milk because his initial studies found that milk itself didn't have a direct relationship. However, one of the milk components, beta-casein, and, and, the, and the type it takes in the milk they drink may have indeed have an effect on, uh, the, on the health of these people. Uh, it wasn't until sort of the mid-90s that strong evidence came forward to support the notion that the type of beta-casein in the milk may have an effect on reducing the risk of some conditions in
0: some people. And is this research ongoing?
1: Uh, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's ongoing, uh, not only in New Zealand and Australia, but there are groups, uh, groups within Europe that have taken an active interest in A1 and A2 beta caseins, as well as the other components of
0: milk. How many people have you got working on it? You know, is it a, a, a big corp? I mean, obviously, A2 Corporation is is sounds like um, a big organisation, so is it, sort of a whole business, just working on
1: that? A2 Corporation itself works in collaboration with groups of experts in the area. For example, if we're to look look at the effects of the benefits of A2 milk on a certain group of people, we'll talk to the experts involved. So we don't do the work in-house, but we work in strong collaboration with experts in the field.
0: Is this a New Zealand government funding or, or is it a private concern?
1: Uh, No, there's been no New Zealand government funding at all. This is largely a private concern. Mm
0: -hmm. For a good many of us, the biggest problem is which type of milk, full cream, light or skim, and it's often the only consideration we need to give when we pick up a bottle of milk from the supermarket. But drinking milk can raise all sorts of problems for people. What are some of the problems that can arise?
1: Well, Iris, the first thing we have to maintain in our mind, that is milk contains a multitude of components, and these components can vary between animals and herds. Now, of course, the first obvious problem that we're all aware of is lactose intolerance, which uh, a number of people do suffer from. And this, to a large extent, is avoided by producing milk without lactose in it, which is done uh, to a much higher level overseas in such as the United States. Now, another problem that can arise is milk protein allergy, which is a severe reaction, a lot like peanut allergy where, where a person can go down a flat pick shock. Now, a person like that should avoid all sorts of milk. But there are a number of other problems, sort of some people would call them minor, uh, that are associated with unwanted or adverse effects relating to milk. And uh, we're of the strong belief that by naturally uh, selecting the milk from certain cows, we can get around some of these problems.
0: The types of milk simply just varies from cow to cow or of herd to herd.
1: Uh, from herd to herd and cow to cow, um, cows, like humans, uh, can have a range, range of different types of gene for whatever protein they express. A very good example is humans can have a range of d- different blood types owing to the protein in their milk. Now, different cows can produce different proteins in their milk, and th- this varies from breed to breed, but also within breeds.
0: Oh, okay. Tell me a little more about A2 beta casins, the way it affects the consumer.
1: Well, studies that were carried out almost a decade ago now, and they're being followed up on, indicate that populations that consume milk high in A2 have a lower risk to to a number of conditions, namely heart disease, type 1 and type 1 diabetes. Uh, If if you look at the research even further, you'll see that milk milk containing high levels of A2 uh, may help manage the symptoms of people with neurological conditions or minor adverse or immune-type reactions to some milk proteins.
0: Oh, so it it goes as far as that within the research?
1: Yes, the the, the, the research is quite comprehensive. There's a large foundation of it that stretches to well, probably over 100 papers that are relevant. Mm. And uh, what these papers show is that populations that drink milk high in the A2 protein have a lower incidence of type 1 diabetes, have a lower incidence of heart disease and that children who consume milk containing only the A2 type of beta casein who Mm -hmm. suffer from neurological conditions may in fact have have fewer symptoms. Now this research is ongoing but it's very, very exciting.
0: Are the general public aware of this? Uh, To
1: an extent, yes. And that's owing to the the quality sort of media focus it's had over the past few years. Mm. Um, And of course... You know, the science aside, there's been a number of stories in the media about people who've been consuming milk a 2 or A2 milk who haven't experienced the adverse effects they normally associate with dairy. Now, these, these effects tend to be uh, sort of immune or allergy-based. Um, they're to do, to do with uh, you know, digestive discomfort mm-hmm. and uh, sort of minor-type minor immune or allergic-type responses. Now, there's a very attractive scientific hypothesis to explain these observed uh, these observations from consumers, and uh, needless to say that uh, the research program relating to A2 milk do focus on these benefits of milk high in A2.
0: How much milk is recommended that we should be consuming every day for a good diet, assuming that we don't have any problems?
1: Well, this varies, of course, uh, owing to age and where you might be. But a, a good a good a good idea is given to us by by the United States, where they recommend three three servings of dairy a day.
0: Does that include um, cheese and cream and all of those things as well, or is that just milk? Uh,
1: it includes all dairy products, a balance between them all.
0: With the um, dairy products, does it matter whether it's light or skimmed or, or, or just ordinary milk? Does that make a difference?
1: Well, where it makes a difference is to consumer choice. Uh, between skim and light milk of course the difference is in fat content and so a consumer who may be choosing to eliminate fat from their diet may go for a reduced fat type of milk whereas a consumer who likes the, likes the creamy taste of milk and believes that the benefits associated with the fats within milk such as myself will choose a milk with a higher fat content
0: is it the actual makeup of milk that's beneficial rather than the fat content that we should be looking at
1: I think that you should look across the board. Depending, of course, it will vary from person to person. There's a new field called sort of nutrigenomics, where people select their nutrition based on their genotype or their genetic makeup. Uh, so, people, consumers who are becoming increasingly more aware, should be aware of not only the fat content, uh, but other aspects of the milk, including what may be added to fortify it, such as di- such as uh, minerals and uh, other nutrients.
0: It all seems. Um quite not really strange but when you think that in the old days we used to go out milk a cow and drink the milk we never thought about the benefits or otherwise that were contained within the the cup when we drank it so well, there's been a lot of progress obviously in in simply taking the fat out of and and therefore the lowering the cholesterol does this really make a difference to the quality of the milk
1: directly no um and re- reduce, reducing the fat level of milk has just in, involves uh, skimming the milk off once it's been obtained. So it shouldn't affect the quality at all. But once again, the quality and taste of milk is uh, left up to the consumers opinion mm. and decision.
0: Can we talk a minute about the proteins that are in milk and the benefits we gain from them? You know, does, why are we better off having some milk every day or dairy products every day rather than not having them?
1: Well, Milk is a very complete food. It has, as we covered earlier, it's got fat, it has carbohydrate, and it also has proteins and minerals. Now, of the proteins, um, there's a major protein called beta-casein, and that can exist as one of a number of variants. Uh, now, the difference between them, between the A1 and A2 variants, is, is a small structural difference, which, uh, may, you know, which may not sound like much, but uh, there's a potential, following digestion, for them to be broken into different parts. Now, milk protein doesn't only deliver the nutrition of uh, the amino acids and, and the protein. Uh, the proteins in milk have been known to have a bioactive type effect, uh, which is to elicit biological reactions in the human body, which may, you know, may, may to some extent, uh, contribute to beneficial aspects of health. Also, the proteins in milk serve as carrier molecules for many, many of the minerals and other nutrients, such as calcium and phosphorus.
0: The difference between A1 and A2 beta caseins, what is the difference?
1: The difference between A1 and A2 beta caseins, the two major beta caseins found in milk, is a small structural difference uh, within the protein chain. Now, this leads to a difference in the protein structure and subsequently a difference in how it is broken down during digestion. Now, it is the the yield of digested protein fragments that we believe uh, is the underlying reason why a2 milk may offer some consumers further benefits.
0: Are they present? Are these present in all milk?
1: Yes. As a rule of thumb, you can find pretty much equal levels of both A1 and A2 beta caseins in conventional milks.
0: And have you known about the differences very long, or is this recent research?
1: The difference in the variation in protein types has been known for uh, for at least a couple of decades. However, it's only recently. Uh, the possible yeah the, po- the possible implications of what these differences mm. may have on human health have come to light.
0: You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols and I'm talking with Dr Andrew Clark, Chief Scientific Officer of A2 Corporation in New Zealand. Dr Clark, how can you get milk with either protein? Does it depend on where the the cow comes from and how do you detect where the area is that that you get the most benefit from your milk?
1: Well, in the case of um, A2 milk, or milk with naturally maximised levels of the A2 protein, this is naturally obtained from specially selected cows. Cows that have been identified to carry only the genes for the A2 type of beta casein, and thus they produce only A2 beta casein in their milk. So nothing special is done to the milk after it's obtained from the cow, and nothing has been done in the dairy or in the process.
0: Is it a, a special breed of, of cow? You know, like, um, I'm not sure what sort of cows you have in New Zealand, but um, in England, for example, one of the best milk producers is a Jersey cow or a Guernsey cow, um, and they both produce a lot of full cream milk. So do you have a, a special type of cow that you go for for, for these um, beta cas- casings?
1: Well, if- The breed of cow, to an extent, does determine how much A1 or A2 beta casein may be in the milk. Um, The the Frisian or the Holstein cows, which produce most of the milk in the Western world, are roughly 50-50. Roughly 50-50 as far as A1 or A2 is concerned. But there are some breeds, like the Guernsey you mentioned earlier, that may have a higher proportion of A2 in their milk. But unless it's measured, it's not really known.
0: Are are these cows fed on a special diet? Not at all. It's just where they happen to be and, and that well, particular type yes. of cow.
1: The, the, the diet that they're fed on doesn't affect the type of beta-casein they mm. produce in their milk.
0: Are all these pro- proteins available in goat's milk?
1: Now, strictly speaking, cow's milk proteins are unique to cows. However, what we can talk about is the beta-casein and being A2-like. When we talk about A2-like, we can say cow cow's milk... Uh, beta-casein, and human, human beta-casein for that matter, can be viewed as A2-like on the basis of the structure uh, around the difference where A1 and A2 vary. So in a nutshell, uh, they're not contained in goat's milk. However, goat's milk beta-casein can be viewed as more similar to A2 than to A1.
0: That sounds a bit complicated, but I think I know where you're going.
1: Yes.
0: Um, I've heard that they have extra calcium and omega-3 uh, sometimes added to milk. Could these be obtained by the consumer in any other way, such as eating fish two or three times a week?
1: Oh, obviously, of course. But this doesn't detract from sort of the benefits you'd get from drinking milk that contain the extra calcium or omega-3.
0: And is this um, are they added during the process of, of bottling, or, or how, does, how did they come to get that?
1: I can't speak with authority on, on what other dairy companies may do, but generally, yes, they're added, added after production. Mm so that you can uh, there are studies that show that you can lift the levels of the omega 3 fatty acids by modifying the feed that you give to the cows
0: okay so uh, as far as the additions are made to the to the milk this is done when the milk comes from the dairy into the factory is that the, the time of process
1: generally yes
0: mm-hmm. How do you find out if a person's allergic to milk? Do they always set up a serious reaction or does it gradually build up in their system?
1: Well, the term allergic is a very general term. Uh, If you find out whether you're allergic to milk, it's always best uh, to consult a physician or or a general practitioner. Um, Now, the most severe type of milk allergy can result in anaphylactic shock, uh, very similar to a peanut-type allergy. But then there are a number of sort of less severe-type allergies uh, or adverse reactions. And there is evidence to suggest that, uh, that, 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 one can desensitize over time. Uh, however, there can, a, a general answer can't be given, um, to whether or, yeah, you know, to the, to these questions about, um, whether it's always a serious reaction or whether it does gradually build up in their system.
0: Hmm. What about milk that's been pasteurized? And does that make, is that a different type of milk altogether?
1: Uh, the pasteurization, uh, process involves heating the milk up to a certain temperature uh, to kill the microbes and make the milk generally safer for the consumer. Now, heating proteins does change uh, their structure and this could have a downstream effect on how they're broken down.
0: Does it affect the goodness of, of the milk?
1: That's probably a debate. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a debate that uh, would be a lively one if, if, if a number of parties were involved. Uh, But as far as its nutritional goodness is concerned, uh, there isn't any strong evidence to suggest that pasteurization does anything other than make it safer for the consumer.
0: What other additives are we likely to be getting in the course of drinking a pint of milk a day, as the slogan used to say?
1: To my knowledge, there are very few additives that are thrown into milk, except those that are noted on the label, such as vitamin D, uh, folate or calcium. So any other additives you're likely to get the course of drinking milk will be noted on the label and generally they're there for the consumer to seek out.
0: So sometimes it's a good thing to stand and read what's in the bottle? Uh,
1: generally generally people who buy, buy milk with additives uh, in them are people who specifically sort them, for mm. example, calcium or omega-3 fatty acids. But uh, conventional milks or standard milks uh, just come straight from the cow and are processed.
0: Do you think that... Generally, we're aware of all the extras that we're being given when we buy milk?
1: Yes, I do. Um, yeah, the, the regulatory and labelling uh, look, regulations uh, ensure that's the case.
0: Mm. Mm. But do you think that when people, particularly the, the women who dash into the supermarket and grab a bottle of milk, they often just see whether it's light, skim or, or, or ordinary, do they stop and in general, do they stop to have a look and, and think, oh, I wonder what's in that one?
1: I certainly do, out of curiosity, if anything.
0: Maybe you're a bit biased. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, generally people are well aware of uh, yeah, the well-known additives to milk, such as calcium and, and the omega-3s. Mm. But now when we get to the question of the protein types, which are less known and aren't subject to any type of differential labelling, people will be unaware of the levels of the different protein types they're consuming.
0: Should they be aware of it?
1: That's a very good question. Um, I think that the awareness of what's in milk uh, the information should be made available so people are aware of exactly what they are consuming in milk or or in any any food for that type
0: mm. Mm. Is it readily available that you know you can sort of pull it up on the internet or or go through your local dairy company or whatever um, Is it readily available to the general public
1: well uh, there's another approach, rather than to looking it up on the internet, or um, for the, the example that, that I'll draw upon is A2 milk. Now that that milk is certified to only have the A2 type of beta casein in it, and as a result, uh, on the label there's a certification mark, uh, warranting that the, the beta casein contained within the milk is, is A2.
0: Mm-hmm. You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols, and I'm talking with Dr Andrew Clark. He's the Chief Scientific Officer of A2 Corporation in New Zealand. We've been talking about some of the findings. What else do you expect to learn from the research? Well,
1: what, what, we, what we'd like to learn from the research, what we expect to learn, is to identify what people may exactly, well will identify the, the people and the conditions they have which may indeed benefit from consuming one or the other Uh, types of beta casein Mm. namely identifying the people that may indeed further realise the benefits of milk from consuming milk with only the A2 type of beta casein present
0: How do you expect your findings to reach the general public?
1: Generally uh, scientific studies uh, are of course submitted for peer review to peer review journals Mm. uh, where experts in the field have a look at the work and essentially give it its rubber stamp once this has happened uh, it, it then gets channeled into scientific and medical forums, and the public media then picks picks up the news from there. Of course, when very exciting things get found, sometimes the jump goes straight from the peer-reviewed publication through to the popular media.
0: And this goes through to, to people like us, who um, pick up the news and, and decide to follow it up for the general public in this way.
1: Yes, mm. you're right. Yeah.
0: Are the findings that, that you reach, are they... Applicable to both New Zealand and Australia?
1: Yes, they're globally applicable.
0: Mm.
1: Applicable to all consumers of dairy.
0: Should the listeners be advised to continue their present regime on the amount of milk and dairy products they consume or is there benefit in, um, for example, finding milk products with A2 um, that may be of more benefit to them?
1: First and foremost, I think that listeners should be advised to continue their present regime of milk and dairy consumption, uh, you know, the, the benefits associated with are many fold. However, if they do have any concerns and uh, they, they may, may suffer from adverse reaction to milk or suspect, suspect or perceive they do, they should perhaps have a chat to their general practitioner or physician and, or, or else have a, have a look online at information Public information that relates to A1A2 beta caseins.
0: And do you have a, a website that people can go to?
1: Yes, we do. Uh, you can go 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 to the science section of wwwa 2 corporationcom com, or wwwa a2dairyproducts com australia, or if you just googling. Uh, a two beta casein. There's plenty of information out there.
0: Oh, okay. So there's there's quite a few ways that people can find out.
1: Yes, To, to go directly to the science, they can go to beta casein mm.
0: Now, if people are concerned about their their intake of milk and dairy products, um, you say they should go to their general practitioner. In do you think that the general practitioner is aware of the differences, or will they need to refer their patient on to perhaps a, a A dietician or an expert?
1: That'll that'll vary, of course, from case to case. Uh, There are some physicians that keep themselves very up-to-date with current research and uh, those who are focused in other areas. Um, Now, a general practitioner certainly does have the ability to find further information if their patient requires or perhaps pass or direct them to somewhere where they can. But I'd say absolutely the first person they should consult is their health practitioner.
0: Dr. Clark, I'm just wondering, going back a little more about the, the types of milk, if we can double back there for a, a few moments. And we're talking about, um, obviously, about a, A1 and A2. Um, we've got calcium and omega-3. Are there any other additives that go into milk?
1: Um, well, v- vitamin D is mm-hmm. put in milk sometimes. Uh, in other countries, folate is added for obvious reasons.
0: So, overall, that people should be um, looking out for milk that has A2 beta casins in them rather than just grabbing the bottle off the, off the shelf as they run through?
1: If they believe that uh, it may be beneficial to them and their families, certainly.
0: Dr Clark, thank you for taking the time out to talk to me and answering my questions. Mm. I've been talking today to Dr Andrew Clark, Chief Scientific Officer of A2 Corporation in New Zealand. I'm Iris Nichols. Thank you for listening and until the next time we meet, all the team wish you well.